Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in South Florida, it's time for South Florida Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of South Florida Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Diaz Trade Law, your customs expert. Today on South Florida Business Radio, we have Caitlin Stella with the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Welcome, Caitlin. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be talking to you. For the two people out there who don't know, tell us a little bit about Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. How are you serving folks? Absolutely. Uh, Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital has been a part of the community for many years. I think we've been around, I think, 30 years is the anniversary. And we started as a small pediatric unit inside Memorial Regional Hospital. And then um, Joe DiMaggio lent his name to the hospital in 1992. I can tell you that story. Actually, it's an interesting one. And then um, we've grown over the years first into a freestanding four-story children's hospital. We just added for more stories to the Children's Hospital. So we now have 216 beds. We're a quaternary center. We do everything from broken bones with a nationally ranked orthopedic, children's orthopedic program, largest in the state. We have a nationally ranked cardiac program. Um, We do heart transplants, one of the only two programs in the state. We do kidney transplant, neurosurgery, oncology, everything in between. So we have a variety of medical and surgical specialties that we serve families all throughout South Florida and beyond. Um, We also have a large facility in Palm Beach County in Wellington, and we're actually opening another facility, not a hospital, but ambulatory services in Miramar. And we're continuing to grow. We have offices all over the Tri-County area. So yeah, it's a very special place. We're also very well known for our patient experience. We have a very unique patient experience here at Jodomaggio. We were actually the first children's hospital in the world to have a designation called Plain Tree. It's from an organization called Plain Tree, which is about person-centered design, which means that we design all of our programs and services around the child and the, chi- the child's needs developmentally, the needs of the family, and then the needs of the team. But the child is the center of everything we do, and we have really outstanding different kinds of designations and awards related to our patient experience because it's very, very unique. And and we often hear from kids that they feel like they're not in a children's hospital and they want to (laughs) stay. So I feel like we're doing a good job. Now, why is it important for a community to have a children's hospital like Joe DiMaggio? Like, instead of just having, you know, a pediatric center as part of another you know, a subset of a, of a larger hospital. Like, why is it important to kind of have its own space? It's extremely important. So first and foremost, children are not little adults. So, you know, environmentally, it's very important that we have a space that is developmentally appropriate for kids of all ages, some an environment that's not intimidating or scary, things that are anxiety reducing and and sort of like a a whole infrastructure of services and programs that really help 
prevent children from being afraid to come either to this hospital or any hospital because you really are setting the stage for especially for kids that have chronic illnesses um, you really can have medical trauma over time if if the environment is not appropriate for the child and the care. And I can tell you many stories of examples of things that happened to a child in a place that was not set up to take care of a child. It sometimes can prolong treatment um, and certainly create more fear and anxiety than necessary. So we that's why being in a children's hospital, particularly like ours, which is separate and it's only children, allows us to create a very unique space where things happen that wouldn't necessarily happen in an adult hospital. Sometimes I think they should, (laughs) but, um, you know, just creating fun, creating distraction, creating activities that have much more to do with development, like things like art therapy and music therapy, um, fun, making, making things as fun as they possibly can be, even if it's a really difficult time. So it's, it's very important that we have all of that infrastructure and services and programs that are set up for a child and their needs. And some kids have many specialties. So like if they have a particular diagnosis, they need to go see multiple doctors or they need to come for multiple treatments or some of them come here regularly once a week, once a month, whatever. And it's very distracting not only for their own structure of their lives, meaning school and friends and siblings. So it takes them out of those norms and they have to come to the hospital. So we like to incorporate those things back in so they don't feel like they're missing any part of the structure of their lives that make kids kids. Um, So we have a lot of those things in place, including our own school teacher. He's here full time. They're able to stay on task if they're going to be here and they don't miss any of their studies. Um, We have lots of outside programming that comes in that's enriching, entertaining, entertaining, educational. um, And and we bring in a lot of things uh, like yoga therapy or uh, yesterday we had a um, theatrical performance. So there was something for kids to do to get out of their rooms. And, you know, we let them drive around in their own little cars so they can have some fun when they're getting around and freedom and control and all of those things. So um, it's a great place and it's a very unique place of all the children's hospitals I've been in. Now, as a leader of an organization like that, is it, I don't, I don't know if strange is the right word, but in in a children's hospital environment, all of those things you describe sound wonderful, and they seem like perfect. Makes perfect sense that you would have them there, but for adults, you wouldn't even consider that. Like you, you're trying to get the adult in and out of there as quickly as possible. Like how? Mm-hmm. Why is there such a disconnect between how we think it's appropriate to care for children and how we think it's appropriate to care for adults? I got to be honest with you. I don't really know because I actually really have been a proponent over the years of looking at children's hospitals as a model for things to integrate into adult hospitals to help with care. And I'll give you an example. There are a lot of populations that are similar. I mean, you think about, um, you know, very, you know, elderly adults, older adults that have um, sensitivity to touch, they might have thin skin, they might be hard to get an IV into, Um, they might be seeing multiple specialists, they might have dementia and have a hard time understanding things. So you have to explain things to them in a certain way, you might have cultural issues, you might have linguistic issues, you might. So what, what we do in the children's hospital is very much about 
providing tools and techniques for, for example, if it's, if it's a, a baby and we need to put an IV in, you know, we use different kinds of equipment and we use different kinds of approaches and we use um, specialized team members and, so, you know, so, so that we minimize pain and we only have to give the child the IV one time. I don't know why we don't do that with, with older adults. They're very similar. They have very similar um, issues physically. Same thing with understanding what's happening to you. So with children in a children's hospital, if you're diagnosed with cancer and you're four years old, how we explain it to you and what we show you so you understand what's happening to you and the techniques that we use with child life specialists. And that's a role that only exists in a children's hospital. And it's really there to explain to the child in, in developmentally appropriate terms what's happening to them. How we explain cancer at age four is different than how we explain cancer at age 14. To me, that's very similar to how you would explain what's happening to, um, like I said, someone with dementia, someone with a developmental disability. And I'm talking adults. Like you have to really think of like developmentally what's appropriate. And that goes through the entire lifespan. So to be honest, I've never really understood why we only have those kinds of things here. I've been a big proponent of trying to pilot some of those same programs in the adult hospitals. And I have to say in the health system, we're part of Memorial Healthcare System. We actually do quite a bit of that because we do have music therapy and art therapy and even animal assisted therapy, even in our adult hospitals. So I think we, we do a good job. And I think adult medicine is starting to adopt some of those practices, but um, they've been long standing in children's hospitals. Now, is your background always been with children? Yes, my undergraduate degree was in child development. So I studied that I come from a, a big family to I'm the second of seven kids. So I kind of lit I grew up in a learning lab of <laughs> child <laughs> development. Um, my mom's a teacher. So we always, you know, we're very well uh, educated and, and always had activities that were age appropriate in my house. Um, but then I also have a master's degree from UCLA in public health. So I kind of married child development with public health. And then, yeah, I pretty much have worked in children's hospitals my whole career. I did some consulting over time with um, some, you know, adult hospitals and different like some uh, healthcare insurance companies and biotech companies and pharma and stuff like that. Because as I was going through my early days of my career, I really thought that was the way to learn the healthcare system. So I worked for PwC and I was a consultant and it really was a great education because it kind of, I started my career um, in the autism center at UCLA. I got my master's. I went into consulting. I learned sort of the U.S. healthcare system, if you will, by being all over the country as a consultant and really then went back to the children's hospital environment um, at Children's of LA and then back at UCLA and now here at Joe DiMaggio. So I've always kind of found my way back to the pediatric environment, which is really what I love. I mean, I'm a kid at heart. Kid will, kid will tell you. I'm not a, or my friends will tell you, I should say that, um, that I'm not your traditional CEO. <laughs> I like to talk to the kids. I like to look like a, like approachable, you know, I don't wear suits. I try to play with them. I try to get them to tell me how their experiences are. I want to hear from them firsthand. Do you like the food? Um, are you comfortable? Is your bed comfortable? Have you made friends here? 
do you go to school? Do you like it? Um, just the comforts. And actually, they inspire me. I, I love talking to the kids because as we were doing our construction project, for example, um, we had planned out quite a bit of the space. But as I talk to the children here and knowing that the weather in South Florida is beautiful, um, we decided that we would incorporate an outdoor play space into our construction when we added the four stories because many of the children told me that they wanted to go outside. You know, they wanted to go outside and do their rehab. They wanted to go outside and take a walk. They wanted their parents to go outside with them or their family members. And so we incorporated that into our plans. Same thing with like our play space. So the hospital's very dedicated and the theme of the building is the healing power of play. And um, we decided to not only put playrooms on every floor, which we have on our units, but then we decided to go all in and, and we built a Garth Brooks Teammates for Kids Child Life Zone, which is a whole zone for really enriching activities for, so that children want to leave their rooms and go and socialize, which is really important because you can get very isolated here when you're in a hospital by yourself so or with your parents. And it gets very isolating for the whole family. So the zone is great because it's kind of like, it reminds me of like being on a cruise or something where every day you get a laundry list of, of different activities that are happening in the zone and you can choose. Do you want to come up for the theatrical performance? Do you want to come up for the game show? Um, if you don't want to come, you, but you want to participate, you can do it from your room. We have something called Jody TV and you can watch the game show on TV and we'll bring you a prize if you win. So it's a way for them to engage and socialize. And it's really been beautiful to watch because I go up to the to child life zone every day. And just, if you just hang out up there, you know, you'll see kids wander in for the first time and they're like, wow, this place is awesome. There are video games, there's air hockey. Um, and then there are things that are really meant to be more medically like educational. There's no, we're not, it's a, it's a no white coat zone. It's only for play, but um, they can go up there and have some fun, which I love to watch. Now, one of the challenges in leading a, um, a healthcare facility like yours is fundraising. How have you found that your this empathetic management style and this empathetic uh, way you tr treat your patients and their families has helped in the fundraising area? Is that you know kind of cement that bond with the yeah. people who are financially supporting a lot of the efforts that you are have ongoing in order to keep growing and keep serving the community? Absolutely, I do believe that anybody that's had an experience here at Jodamaggio Children's Hospital with any of our services, either at the main hospital or at our outpatient locations, it's very common that you speak to someone in the community and they've had someone in their family or know someone who had some kind of experience here. Either their baby was born here and they were in the NICU, their child broke their bones, someone had major surgery. Uh, we do a lot of like air and ground transport for trauma. So maybe you had a, a tragic story of a child that did well here or so there, there's, I feel like this community, many, many people have a story that goes back to some interaction that they had with Joe DiMaggio and, and what just what a great place it was. Um, no matter what, sometimes the outcomes aren't optimal, but they had a good experience with the team or the environment or they felt that love. They felt that environment. They felt that that feeling that I've described where we, we try to have that empathy in everything that we do. Um, and I do believe that there is, there's a, 
perceive value in that, like parents and, and family members and the community at large appreciate that this resource is here. I always say that we're very fortunate to be the community's children's hospital and the community is also very fortunate to have such a special place here. And that has translated to more support for the hospital as we've grown and we've had our capital campaign. Uh, we have a capital campaign going now called Catch the Love. It's helped us grow this building. It's going to continue to help us grow services like behavioral health and expand our emergency services. And so we're continuing to raise money. But I do believe that this community does value that because people have had an experience here and they have felt that environment or they've felt that empathy for their own family or know somebody. So it definitely has helped. And then as we're coming out of the pandemic, I'm sure the needs haven't diminished. Uh, you know, we're South Florida is such a high growth area, people moving uh, from all over the planet to South Florida, you know, to, to handle such a diverse population, uh, you know, in the numbers that are there must be challenging by itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, the community t continues to grow and grow. And um, we definitely have seen people move from all over. Uh, and actually, we created a program called the Kids Sierras just to help with that exact thing, because some families that are moving here have children with known healthcare needs. And so when you move to a new city, the first thing you do when you have a kid with a chronic illness is find children's hospital, you're going to make your home base. So kids here is just great because it can help you get plugged into the right specialists and the right treatments. And if you're something ongoing, you know, like I said, we have kids that are here regularly. So kids years has been great. And even if they're from out of town or maybe they live here part time, because, you know, we have a lot of seasonal people here too. Um, again, we're able to kind of have a, a resource for them to get their care down here for whenever they're here. But that that's one aspect. The other aspect is it's really shown us that we need to keep growing our services because the population is growing, the population of children are growing. And in certain areas, because, you know, South Florida is not really all that easy to get around sometimes. If you don't have convenient care close to home, then it makes it really difficult. And like I said, it's very disruptive for a child to leave school and, you know, keep driving to the hospital or leave, you know, not be able to participate in sports because they have to go to the hospital for care every week, you know. So we like to bring our services close to home. So we have more and more outposts in the community. So it's less disruptive. And we'll continue to do that based on community needs. And you, you mentioned the good weather there and to take advantage of it through those outdoor areas. I mean, the good weather also, I'm sure, is a, a reason there's so many ER visits because people are playing and they're, you know, getting hurt. Uh, maybe yeah. more often they are in other communities where it's not perfect weather, you know, every single day. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I've learned, I've been all over the country and, and especially when I consult in children's hospitals, kids will find a way to get hurt, <laughs> whether it's snow and, or an ice or if it's the beach or whatever. But no, it is true. I think that is one of the reasons why our, um, our Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital Orthopedic Institute. And then also our, we have a program called Under 18 U18, which is our sports medicine and rehab program. It is the largest in the Southeast, if you ask me. I mean, I think that it is, it's a, absolutely a top program. It's, it's ranked nationally by US News. And we do more surgeries than any other program in the state. We, we have a, like our own sports medicine rehab program just for kids. Um, 
and actually that's a, that, that's a perfect example of how it's not apples to apples when you have adult services with kids services. Because for example, you know, when a child breaks a bone or has an, a, a severe orthopedic injury, uh, how it's managed because they're still growing is very different than how you would treat it in an adult that's already grown. So we tend to do things in a way where we're going to try to avoid long-term impact that's not positive. So maybe we do more bracing or we do more monitoring and then we do surgery as needed versus, or sometimes surgery is the preferred route because you're going to have better outcomes long run. But, you know, adult providers tend to do what's good for adults. So if you, if you bring a child to an adult orthopod, for example, orthopedic surgeon, you're going to get treated differently because it's just a different approach, different training. So I think that it is absolutely true that that's why that's one of our biggest programs um, because there are a lot of kids are a ton of sports, sports programs, sports competitions. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely is part of the reason why we've continued to grow. Now, are you um, seeing any trends or innovation, uh, you know, coming up or on your radar now that maybe wasn't there when you started? Yeah, for sure. I mean, science obviously continues to to move in terms of, um, you know, evolution and, and innovation. So we're seeing a lot more things in children's healthcare that are less invasive. So we have a growing cardiac catheter, catheterization program. Um, that is actually, you know, a lot of new devices, a lot of procedures that can be done um, without doing open heart surgery, which is a great thing for kids, you know, definitely less invasive, definitely less less time downtime. So, um, and that's all a result of a lot of scientific innovation. So we're seeing things like that, even within neurosurgery or neurology, neurosciences, um, a lot of new treatments for things like epilepsy. Um, there's also a trend now for more wearable technology for kids, which gives them a lot more freedom. So you can monitor their monitor them at home, even within the hospital, we've tried to wherever possible have wearables that prevent them from being kind of tethered to their bed or, you know, so they have freedom to move and and ambulate and walk around. Um, So I think there's a lot of cool innovation coming with children's healthcare. We're actually part of a national technology accelerator for children. It's called KidsX. And um, it's kind of like SpaceX, but KidsX. And we actually get to review and pilot a lot of different programs and services. Some of them are things like apps. Like we actually were were fortunate to be part of a pilot study for an app that monitored a child's tone of voice to see if they could predict depression. And it's interesting because there there was evidence within the research that was developed by the app developers and the, and the company that, um, that was a there was a predictive model there, so it actually was very interesting to put that into use for something like predicting when a child was going to have a depressive episode and intervening before it happened. Um, so we do a lot of cool things here, and um, you know I'm proud to say that even though we're not part of a university, we are very much an academic institution. We have our own graduate medical education program with our own medical residents. We're creating fellowships. We do research. So, um, and I actually think sometimes we're more nimble and more free because we don't have that at university model, but, um, it's fun to watch like the the evolution of science and innovation come forward for the benefit of kids. So what do you need more of? How can we help? Well, I will say that actually philanthropically, that's probably the most important point to leave you with, because I think that, 
that there are children's hospitals are a great resource for a community. But oftentimes, first of all, at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, we take care of all children regardless of their ability to pay. So the only way we can really do that is similar to places like, I mean, St. Jude follows the same model. They they are able to provide what they provide because they do a lot of fundraising. It's the same exact thing. So we need that philanthropic support. I always tell people, if you're going to give a dollar to St. Jude, give 10 to your local children's hospital because kids are going to end up coming here for everything, not just cancer, which is what um, St. Jude treats. But that's just an example. Like, I think that in general, children's hospitals are a really important structure in the community. And when you have one and you have a good one, like an amazing one like mine, like Joe DiMaggio, um, you're, it's really important to continue to support it, even if it's with time. Some people volunteer. We have a school program called All Stars, where the school adopts Joe DiMaggio as a charity of choice, and they do service projects for us, which means art projects with the kids. They come and donate things. Um, they do. They read stories. They they've done a lot of cool things with our kids over time. But whether you volunteer, whether you give in kind, whether you give financially, um, I think it's just really important. To support hospitals like Jodomashia Children's Hospital that take care of all kids in our community. And we also have a really great relationship with Boston Children's Hospital. We're uh, affiliated with them and we're able to, if a child has a very rare disease or a family needs to have a consult, a second opinion, whatever, we can facilitate that with our local partner. So um, again, it keeps kids close to home. It keeps their schedules regular. It gives kids exceptional care and we're only able to do those things with the support of the community so that's what i will leave you with for sure <laughs> and if somebody wanted to do that and support joe dimaggio uh, what's mm-hmm. the website uh, and where should they be looking on the website to find ways to plug in whether it's to volunteer whether it's to mm-hmm. donate whether it's to get involved in whatever manner is appropriate yeah, we have a very simple website for that. It's jdch.com backslash give, G-I-V-E, give. So if um, you're looking to give back either through a donation or you're looking to give back through volunteerism or all of our programs, like the ones I mentioned, like all sorts, like things like that, corporate giving, corporate matching, things like that. Um, it's all, all the information's available on that website, jdch.com backslash give. Good stuff. Well, Caitlin, congratulations on all the success and thank you so much for doing what you're doing and sharing your story. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Well, thank you. And and thank you for letting us tell the story of this special gem that we have here. So I appreciate the time, Lee. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on South Florida Business Radio.